Here we go, rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, out West. Adam Stenko, just two plugged-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life coming off of Thanksgiving. We appreciate all the love shown for the Peter Vesey podcast. Every Thursday we go ISO, a long-form interview with somebody related to the NBA. So Vesey numbers way up, and we appreciate all the love we receive for that. Coming up this Thursday, it's former All-Star and New York City basketball legend, Spent years in the NBA. That's Kenny Anderson. So just subscribe to the podcast. You'll get the Tuesday edition, 25, 30 minutes of the two of us. And then you'll get the long-form interview on Thursdays going ISO. We could go low-hanging fruit here, Adam, with Kyrie Irving. We took, we could talk James Harden, Giannis, Luka. We will talk Raptors, and we will talk Lakers. But Thanksgiving okay? Yeah, Thanksgiving was fine. I mean, as we talked about last week, it looked like we were you know, somewhere between 18 and 26 guests. Well, it turned out to be 18. Uh, oh, my, sister-in-law's my, family did not come. Yeah, sister-in-law's, yeah, newly adopted family did not did not attend. So, and and my brother-in-law is now learning the harsh realities of being married and having to split up holidays. Which you know, it's funny because when you're dating, oh, it's fun. Let's go Thanksgiving to your place, what have you. But then now you get married, throw kids in the mix, which they're not at that point yet. But all of a sudden, everyone just needs to understand. Eventually, you all reach a point saying, we're going to do what we're going to do, and everyone's just going to be okay with it. Or at least say they're okay with it while they're offended behind your back. Oh, well, yeah. They're, they're I'm sure, not okay with it. But, you know, he said to me, he, they're living in different parts of the Bay Area, and he said to me, man, it's going to be really tough. We realized going to the different locations in one day. He's like, it's really easy for you because your family's all on the East Coast, and you live here on the West Coast. I said, wouldn't necessarily call that easy. I just, <laughs> right. I can't go to any weddings, you know, big family functions, events, get-togethers, reunions. But sure, <laughs> if easy. it means that you have to drive a lot on Thanksgiving, yes, I guess on that day it's easier. For you. All right, so we'll, so you can listen to all the other programs on the Locked On NBA Network to talk hard in Giannis, Luca. That's what they're all there for. Locked On NBA every day. You get your team every day. All thirty teams. One quick thing on Kyrie. And not, and not the Instagram post, Adam, but I was on SiriusXM NBA radio the day after, or maybe it was an hour after, right after the game ended, Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals 2018, when Kyrie had that emergency deviated septum surgery over Memorial Day weekend, said nobody ever except for Kyrie. And it was Game 7 at home against the Cavaliers, and Terry Rozier, who Kyrie was his big brother, was there for him all the time, went 0 for 10 from 3. And the Celtics lost in a close game at home. And I was on the radio and I said, well, I put a lot of this on Kyrie because I don't think Terry Rozier goes 0 for 10 if Kyrie is there to settle things down. And Jalen Brown even went 3 for 12 in that one. And Bill Simmons called in the show and said, wait a second, Noah. And he, he just called in unprompted. Noah, Noah, hold on. That is what you're taking away from that game? Come on. So I do think that this has all come back to Kyrie wasn't even there game seven when the team could have used just his presence. And then fast forward to see what happened last year. And now what's happening this year. Here we are. Let's talk Lakers. Lakers, as we record this, Adam, on Monday, 17 and three. They're three and three against teams over 500. So they've had an easy schedule and they're coming off the loss to the Mavericks. What are you looking for? moving forward, especially over these next four games at Denver, at Utah, home for Portland, home for Minnesota? Well, I think two big 
things for the Lakers for me, I think you have to look out for. One is the long-term health. Obviously, they need the health of, of LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. That's a given. But then the other role players who have been so critical this year, you know, Danny Green, uh, JaVale McGee, Rondo's continue, continuous health. Like, I think those are very important. But the bigger one for me is actually three-point shooting. When you look at their losses this year, now granted the Clippers loss was game one of the season, so you really can't even count that. But besides Danny Green, they shot six of 24 from three. They lost the Raptors, their starters shot three of 15 from three. And when they lost the Mavs, the starters shot four of 17 from three. So to me, a big one for the Lakers is where is the shooting going to come from? And then the second question to that, I guess, is does it matter? I mean, are they good enough that they're the one team in the league, especially with no Warriors out there? Are they the one team in the league that defensively they're going to get after you? Right now, they're second in in defensive rating in the league. Um, But the three-point shooting to me, if it's not there, they're still going to be competitive in games. But And will it leave them for long stretches of time? And a big key to that, one more step for you, Noah, Kyle Kuzma. Interesting. Here's a guy, ultimate ultimate rhythm guy when he's had three or more days rest this year zero percent from three at four attempts a game it's only been a couple games but still two days rest 20 percent one day rest 39 percent and no days rest 57 percent on four and a half threes a game so the most interesting stat when kyle kuzma has time off he's gonna miss shots and he is a gigantic key for their three-point shooting moving forward yeah whenever i look at the starters three-point shooting, I always include starters plus Kuzma. So against the Mavs, starters plus Kuzma, four for 22 from three. During this 10-game winning streak, the team as a whole shot 41% from three. And our buddy Dave McMenamin wrote on ESPN.com that Anthony Davis had said that we don't want to lose two in a row. And, and when I think of that, I always think of teams in baseball that build their rotations around two aces so that that in their minds, prevents any sort of prolonged losing streak when you can throw out two aces in the course of five days. But now coming up with this schedule. So the Lakers are 8-1 and one on the road. I give Frank Vogel a ton of credit. There was a huge question coming into the season. How is this all going to work with Frank Vogel and, and Jason Kidd? So far, it's been awesome. So now they've got Tuesday at Denver. Denver, a team that's 13-4, and four, so they've played four fewer games already. And they're 8-1 and one at home with the top defensive rating in the league on their home floor, and they're already 6-1 and one against teams above 500. Wednesday in Utah. Utah is also 8-1 and one at home, the number five defensive team at home, and 11 of their 20 games already, the Jazz have come against teams over 500, whereas the Lakers, just six of them. So the, so the Jazz have, have faced some tests early. Friday against Portland, Carmelo. So now bring back the Banana Boat crew because it's Carmelo and LeBron, and maybe maybe they'll do the jersey exchange afterwards, or maybe they'll set the record for most time spent on camera with their mouths covered, talking to each other during the broadcast. Then on Sunday, Minnesota, 10-9. and nine. Minnesota's at home. Or I'm sorry, Minnesota's on the road. Minnesota's 7-2 and two on the road this year. They're 10-9 and nine overall, 7-2 and two on the road, and just 3-7 and seven at home. And then fast forward, December 19th in Milwaukee on TNT to get Giannis against LeBron and Anthony Davis. So I think we're going to find out a lot about this team over the next four games, certainly as we approach Christmas. And it takes me back to one of our tomorrow's headlines today with the Lakers. What happens when the team struggles a bit? Are AD and LeBron going to get after each other? Is LeBron going to do those 
that passive-aggressive, veiled-shot nonsense that he used to do in Cleveland? I don't think so because of how good Anthony Davis has been so far. But you also never know because Anthony Davis hasn't spent much time during his career playing meaningful basketball games. The crunch time situation, and I don't just mean end of games, regular season. I'm talking about strictly playoffs in general and and end of season if there's a fight for a one seed that they care about or what have you. But the crunch time scenario is going to be the most fascinating one. We've already seen part one for this Lakers team in terms of answering the question, what would they look like, as you said, coming in with all of this talent? We've already answered that with Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, masterful job, as you point out. So they've got the regular season on lock. They're going to end up as a one, two seed uh, in the West as long as everyone stays healthy. What happens then when all of a sudden there's some drama, when there's some adversity? Anthony Davis, as you point out, has not been there before. LeBron James has. But this is Anthony Davis's team if they're going to win the title as far as I'm concerned. All right, so speaking of winning the title, that's exactly what the Toronto Raptors did last year. Lose Kawhi, and are the Raptors now headed back to the NBA Finals? Rejecting the screen segment. I understand that the whole title of the show is Rejecting the Screen, but the Rejecting the Screen segment where we go against what is the popular conversation, but we could also go against what my tomorrow's headline was today in the preseason because I said 17-5 and for the Raptors without Kawhi Leonard. Who's going to score on this team, and what are they going to do without Kawhi? Well, so far, they've been awesome. They've got it They've got it humming. 9-0 and at home. The number one offense, the number two net rating overall. And I started to look a little bit deeper into how they've done it and how different it is, Adam, without, without Kawhi. So assist percentage. So how many of their field goals are assisted? This year, at 63.5. That's up 3.5 from last year. They, their offensive rating is about the same as it was last year, but they're shooting more, a higher percent of their field goal attempts this year, much higher from three this year. Also, percentage of points off of turnovers. They're getting nearly 18 a game. 18, I'm sorry, 18% of their points coming off turnovers. That's third in the league. And yes, one and two, Chicago and New York, so make of it what you want. But last year, they were 15th. And what they've done, Adam, without Kyle Lowry, as we continue this, 9-2 and two without Kyle Lowry. And every game that he's out, Fred Van Vliet, that cash register, just goes off and off and off in his head. Love, love Wichita State's own Fred Van Vliet. I think his, his NBA story is incredible. One of the reasons I, I love the league so much is watching these guys, you know, who everyone would say, oh, maybe late second-round pick, undrafted player. It's always the review. And then guys like that, have success in the league and everyone says, Oh, of course, Fred Van Vliet's a winner. He does all the right things, all this. Yeah. You can't go on measurables. It's like, <laughs> well, your entire scouting department and front office felt like they had to go on measurables when they were examining the draft. But Noah, how about the idea of just Nick nurse's coaching job? I mean, as you point out, every time that we talk about season ending awards or even mid season awards, you always talk about expectations and, and about how a team handles expectations. And oftentimes, we're talking about, uh, you know, the teams are looked at as as overachieving or underachieving. This is the ultimate bunch of overachievers, and I come back to the coaching staff. I mean, as you point out with your prediction before the season, you and I were on the same wavelength there in terms of talking about where would the scoring come from? Where would the offense come from? And you look at, yes, Siakam has become 
just awesome. I mean, he's he's to me in the MVP conversation now. Certainly. Granted, he's not a front runner and he's not going to win MVP, but he's in the conversation and he's going to get votes. And then <clears throat> the idea that they're doing this without Kyle Lowry, the idea that it's contributions from so many different players, that's what's really blown me away. And as you point out, not only do you walk away without Kawhi Leonard, but now without Kyle Lowry, the fact that it's guys like Norman Powell and Gasol and, I mean, obviously Van Vliet, as we mentioned, but Serge Ibaka, and we were talking about the additions that they got this offseason, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Stanley Johnson. We were talking about guys that were like maybe going to help you defensively, but certainly not on the offensive end of the floor. And then to see what the Raptors have been able to do offensively, it's just been, it's been awesome. And what the other part that's wild is every time we think that, wait a minute, at least for me early on in the season, this can't be for real. I look over the last three weeks, they won at L.A., they beat the Sixers and then demolished Utah on on Sunday night. So we're talking about a team that not only has won, but they've won against some good competition. Right, and didn't just beat the Sixers. They held Joel Embiid to 0 for 11 from the floor. They gave him an 0 for in the game because they didn't make a free throw either. A full-on bagel for Joel Embiid. And, and, and look, and they've done a lot without Serge Ibaka also, and now he's back, and they've got six guys scoring in double figures. And when you talk about Siakam, he's become there, which is – nuts but he's become there got to get a bucket let's go to pascal siakam he's six in the league in iso possessions per game six so it's nearly five a game contrast that with james harden's on another planet because he's nearly 14 iso possessions per game so even at six pascal siakam is there behind harden lebron dame russ and luca but he's number one in or i'm sorry he's number two in and one frequency from those situations. So when he's getting to the hoop, he's getting fouled at a higher rate than Harden and LeBron and Dame and Russ and everyone but Luka in those ISO situations, the and one frequency favors Pascal Siakam. So yeah, the development has been out of this world, unlike anything that we've ever seen, I think, over the past over the past two years. And I think you're right. Nick Nurse right now, it's great that in the coach of the year conversation, you can run through 10 guys and, and make a case for 10 guys. I think you could do it last year too. And Nick nurse has to be at the top of that list again. Yeah. He's definitely to me at the top of that list. And I, I'm just thinking about now, what does it mean in terms of how serious do we take the Raptors? Like Very. that's the thing to me. Yeah, absolutely. So the question now becomes, can they win the East? Can they win the East? In a, in a playoff series, is this Raptors team good enough to beat – is this Raptors team good enough to beat the Bucks? Are they good enough to beat the Sixers, you know, when it comes down to it? And the reason that I'm going to say yes is because, A, the play of Siakam, they now have their superstar that they, you know, last year he was an excellent player, and this year he's a superstar, as you point out. They are shooting, what, 40% from beyond the arc, so they already shoot the three well. They have a superstar – and then they lock down other superstars. We just talked about, you mentioned the what they did to Embiid, but he hasn't been the only one. They have a strategy of locking down big-time players on the other team that works. Now, will that work over a seven-game series? Remains to be seen. But for the first time all year, I am ready to say that the Raptors can win the East. And I did not think that. I didn't believe it. I was still in denial. And I feel like seeing what they did to Utah on Sunday – 
I think to me, once again, at some point, when do you just say, hey, this is for real? And also the amount of pressure, and I think this would could give the the Raptors the edge, although an injury to Siakam, and I think they're toast, but the pressure that the other teams would feel, namely Milwaukee and Philadelphia, because the Bucks feel the pressure to get to the NBA Finals with Giannis there, so they don't have to hear the, well, can the Bucks actually do it? Is Giannis going to stay? And I think Brett Brown's job could be on the line, and the Sixers haven't gotten to the NBA Finals. So I think the pressure that the Raptors wouldn't feel, that they're playing with house money, we've been there before, and now look at us. We're the nobody-expects-us-to-be-here team, and that makes a huge difference in big spots. No matter if the talent edge leans towards Philadelphia or Milwaukee, the Bucks can play the nobody-believes-in-us card and, and actually, actually believe it and, and take them to the NBA Finals. Coming up next... I had to call down to the front desk of my hotel in Colorado Springs this past weekend and ask, should I be taking necessary precautions? Find out why. Plus, what we're pumped about this week in hoops, all coming up here on Open Gym. I was in Colorado Springs, Adam, for Air Force Wyoming football. Knew that game was going under. Knew that game was going under 41. Pretty easily, too. 20 to 6. But the winds the night before in Colorado Springs were reported at like 60 to 65 miles an hour outside. And I called down to the front desk of the hotel, and it was where the, the Air Force team was also staying. Home teams oftentimes stay in a hotel the night before a game, if, if folks don't know. And I called down to the front desk, and I said, well, my bed is vibrating now, and it nothing to do with me. My bed was shaking, and... No, 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 not at this hotel. And I looked for the quarter slot, but just couldn't find it. And the and the windows were shaking. So I moved my computer and notes and everything away from the window, and I thought about stacking like the big chairs up in front of the windows also. But there were I had there were a lot of windows in the room. And so I called downstairs and I said, Should I be taking precautions here? And the guy kinda chuckled. And he was like, oh, no, 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 the windows are hurricane-proof, and, and, and this is nothing. And I said, really, nothing? He's like, well, maybe not nothing, but no, no, you, you, have, nothing, you have nothing to worry about. I was worried about waking up in the morning. I did, I did not sleep well. I did not sleep well. It sounded like it was just like an overactive air conditioner or heater in the room that was just constantly clanging, but it wasn't, and it was the windows I was I was nervous, and then the next day for football, boy, that wind was that wind was whipping around. But I survived. I survived. What does it look like outside when the wind is going sixty to sixty-five miles per hour? Right. So I was looking to see if I could see Toto flying through the air, or if like Mary Poppins was was flying through. I told our sideline reporter Kristen Balboni that the next day I said you should you might want to put weights in your shoes because I mean. <laughs> I, I was expecting her to just to like fly away at some point, but yeah, the trees were. I didn't see anything flying in the air, but I did expect to see like branches or something. But you could, you could tell that you know trees were, you know the the, the branches were whipping around, the the snow was whipping around. It was wild, man. I didn't have that, but I had a harrowing experience of my own yesterday. So, take the family to. Uh, Cheesecake Factory, okay, as you do for a, a, a meal on a, on a weekend night. 
which uh, for a meal, you no 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 you, you take no you take your family to Cheesecake Factory for that meal and then your next three meals because that's how much you have left over. Well, that's true. That is true. But here's the thing: so we show up, it's pouring rain, pouring rain outside. And so the family's been inside all day. They just want a meal quick. Let's just eat and go home and we'll be, we'll be all set for the next three days as you point out. And so we get the bar seating because you can just walk in and grab bar seating and cheesecake factory for whatever reason, every single cheesecake factory in America, you're waiting for hours on end. But this one, we happened to walk in, the weather was bad enough. So we figure, Oh, this is going to be easy. We walk in. Great. And we had actually just left Boudin. I don't know if you know that place, but they're famous for their bread bowls. It's like a San Francisco thing. Mm-mm. So they're famous for their bread bowls and their soups and the bread bowls. We walk in. First thing the guy says, we're sold out of bread bowls. So my wife, the girl's disappointed. Pre- preg- pregnant wife, not happy when but, no something she's looking forward to eating isn't available. Yeah, it's just like the comfort food. She was looking at this, so she was just sort of all frustrated. I said, you know what? Let's just leave. Let's, all right, it's fine. We'll just go to Cheesecake. This is the next door to each other. So already we walked into a situation that was that was rough. Anyway, the point is we sit down for, uh, you know, to uh, start to, to get served and everything. And the uh, waiter comes over and says, hey, uh, hi, I'm Justin. Uh, I'll be, you know, helping you out tonight. And I, I said, oh, I have a friend named Justin. And I said that because I thought it was funny. I didn't. You know, because there's a million Justins out there. And he, of course, said that back to me, like annoyed. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of us out there. So after doing that and, you know, giving us our water and telling us that he'd be serving us, we didn't see this guy for like another 20 minutes, Noah. Really? He, he was really annoyed by the fact that I made a bad joke to him. I don't think it was bad, time, bad, place, bad, what bad have joke. you, yeah. rough day. So... Now just picture how frustrated my wife was. So oh, we're not talking okay. 60 to 65 um, mile per hour winds, but we are talking just a, a fury that uh, I could just feel inside. That's so. great. That's great. <laughs> oh, my friends, just, I've done that before. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. And I do have a friend named Justin. Just... All right. I'm pumped this week for Clippers Bucks. That's coming on Friday, and the Clippers, they, they play on Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday. The, Buc- the, uh, the Clippers play on Tuesday, then they're off until Friday. So everybody's healthy. Everybody's ready to go, or at least as far as we know as we record this on Monday. So to get Giannis and Kawhi and Paul George out there on the same floor in what could be an NBA Finals preview, which is great because this, this year, every week there's a potential NBA Finals preview since – we don't have the Golden State Warriors, but just imagine even like ten years ago saying Clippers Bucks NBA Finals preview. That is that is that's mind blowing. But but what I've asked from you to do in these for the I'm pumped portion of the program is since you're so locked in on on college basketball and player evaluation, you've been dead on with the Vermont stuff, the Oregon stuff. What are you pumped for this week? Well, two top draft picks that are going to be very high lottery picks uh, that I'm absolutely excited about how well they're playing and, and NBA folks are too. Cole Anthony, who we've talked about a lot, gets to face Ohio State on Wednesday. And then on Sunday, that Virginia defense. I mean, we, we talked about Virginia playing against Anthony Lamb a couple of weeks ago, as you point out, uh, of Vermont. But, but now to see Cole Anthony against that Virginia defense is going to be just off the charts. I can't imagine 
how great that matchup is going to be. And again, when you play high level defenses and defenses that are set to stop you, I've had NBA guys that tell me that sometimes it was harder to score for them in college just because there was so much defensive attention. They're getting double, triple teamed. Whereas when you play with other really good players on the NBA level, yeah, the scouting is tremendous. The athletes are better. The game's faster, but at the same time, you're just going one-on-one a lot of times. So it's sometimes easier to score in the NBA. So it'll be interesting to see how Cole Anthony does against that Virginia defense. And then on Wednesday, Anthony Edwards of Georgia, who's turning himself possibly into the number one pick in the draft, had 37 against Michigan State and has really just shown people just how explosive he can be as a scorer. You don't typically see, you know, shooting guards, off guards, wing guys as as number one picks. And uh, he's turning himself into that. This is an interesting draft because there's no clear cut number one anymore, I don't think. And he plays against North Carolina Central, a team coached by Lavelle Moten, who's played one of the toughest schedules all, all season long in Moten. Uh, has some senior wing players of his own that are going to be aimed to shut down Anthony Edwards. I'm excited to see him put up just monster numbers on Wednesday night. So if you're pumped, I'm pumped. A lot to be pumped about. Also, if you're looking for more NBA content, just subscribe to all the other programs on the Locked On NBA channel. You can get Locked On NBA five days a week, Locked On Fantasy Hoops with Josh Lloyd. You can get Duncan and Hollinger on Mondays, Nate Duncan and John Hollinger. And you can also get Every single team. That's what it's all about. Your team every day. You can follow Adam on Twitter at NaysmithLives. And I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. And stay tuned. Thursday, it's the going ISO edition of Rejecting the Screen. This week, it's Kenny Anderson. Last week was pretty awesome with Peter Vesey. You can go back and listen to Vesey, Richard Jefferson, Sam Mitchell, John Hollinger, and a host of others. Adam, thanks, pal. You're the best.